From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to Washington Watch. Well, coming up on this Wednesday edition, it's been a busy day on Capitol Hill. Attorney General Merrick Garland appeared before the House Judiciary Committee, where Committee Chairman Jim Jordan wasted no time in zeroing in on the committee's concern. There's one investigation protecting President Biden. There's another one attacking President Trump. Justice Department's got both sides of the equation covered. General Garland was a bit evasive in his answers. Have you had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? Uh, don't re- I, don't, I don't recollect the answer to that question. That was an exchange with Congressman Mike Johnson. We're going to get more on that hearing when we're joined later by another member of the committee, Arizona Congressman Andy Big. House Democrats today attempted to strip the pro-life language out of the National Defense Authorization Act. However, Republicans mounted a strong and successful defense. It has become clear to me that the Biden administration has purposely prioritized an illegal and highly political abortion policy over confirming general and flag officers in the military. This Biden-endorsed policy has nothing to do with strengthening our national security. Instead, this is just the latest example of the Biden administration pushing its radical and extreme pro-abortion agenda, ironically, in the very agency responsible for defending American lives. That was Congressman Ronnie Jackson of Texas, who actually put the language into the NDAA. We'll talk with Missouri Congressman Mark Alford, a member of the House Armed Services Committee, in just a moment. Also, House Republicans are in a closed-door conference at this hour, hashing out a way forward on the funding for government. We're going to get an update on that as well. And uh, continuing on the military, Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall is warning that China is building up its military for a potential war with the U.S. The question is, could Taiwan be the spark? We're going to talk with Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn a little later here on Washington Watch. Also on the military front, Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville forced the hand of Senate Democrat leader Chuck Schumer today when the Senate moved forward with floor votes on Biden's pick for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Air Force General Charles Brown. The votes prove the Senate could approve military promotions and appointments if, if they took time to vote. Florida Senator Rick Scott joins us later on Washington Watch. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you. Be sure and check it out. Our word for today comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ... God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We've been reconciled to God so that we can have a ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? It means God has restored us to a relationship with him so that we can go and tell others how they too can be restored to a relationship with their creator and become a child of God. We become his children through adoption when we're reconciled to him through the work of Jesus on the cross. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org Bible. As budget negotiations continue on Capitol Hill this afternoon, Democrats in the House attempted a maneuver to strip the National Defense Authorization Act of its provisions to end the Defense Department's illegal abortion travel policy. Now, this effort, thankfully, failed. But it demonstrates the tactics that the left will employ to push its abortion agenda. Joining me now to discuss this, as well as the ongoing debate over government funding, is Congressman Mark Alford. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee, the House Agriculture Committee, and the House Small Business Committee. He represents the 4th Congressional District of Missouri. Congressman Alford, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Tony. Good to see you. Thanks for stepping out uh, of of the meeting. Uh, Before we get into the uh, protection of the unborn in the NDAA, uh, what's the status, what's the latest on the government funding negotiations going on between Republicans? 
Well, Tony, the vast, vast majority of our Republican conference conference does not want a government shutdown. We want a short-term CR, continuing resolution for 30 days, get us to October, get these uh, 11 remaining appropriation bills settled at a reduced amount than what the government and the Senate wants uh, and the administration wants. We've got to reduce spending in America. We're all in agreement on that. The, the sticking point is the number right now. Uh, how much will we cut the proposal under the current uh, continuing resolution is about an 8% cut. We secure our border first and foremost uh, because Joe Biden's not going to do it. He's going to let uh, continue to like, I, th I think there was 4,000 coming across today, illegal aliens into our sovereign nation, secure our border, uh, reduce our spending and give us a little breathing room. The problem is, uh, and we less, left the conference a few minutes ago and kind of missed the fireworks in there, but it's it's being put out on social media right now that some in our conference say, we're not voting for a CR. Uh, there are seven people uh, uh, against a CR at, at any reason, for any reason. And so that's where we are right now. Was there discussion uh, about moving forward with the appropriations bills and getting those through, since those are the ones that really contain the policy and the cuts? Yeah, and that's what we could do if we, uh, we move the CR forward. Uh, that gives us some breathing room. We've got to pass our Department of Defense appropriations. We've got to get our military that 5.2% raise. We've got to start building these ships that we're going to need, as you've been talking about, the pacing threat from Communist China uh, to deter Communist China from invading Taiwan. Uh, and we've got to pass our homeland security. Look, uh, the border is not going to be secure unless it's properly funded. The Border Patrol, uh, we've got to, to make those uh, dollars available so that uh, we can secure the border. That is uh, the two primary appropriations as we see them right now. All right, Congressman Offer, talking about the military, the National Defense Authorization Act, you've been on the program before talking about that. A lot of work went in to get that bill uh, moving forward. Some good policy amendments put in place, including removing the, uh, or pro putting the provisions, I should say, uh, to restrict the government, the military, from funding travel for abortion. That was put in. Today, there was an effort by Democrats to essentially take that out. Explain what happened. Well, yeah, the Democrats wanted this motion to obstruct, basically strip out this provision. Uh, we, look, I fought with Ronnie Jackson on this in on House Armed Services for the NDAA this spring. Uh, it did not make it through. Uh, it got to the House floor. We did a House uh, amendment on that. Ronnie Jackson did. Uh, I helped him out with a debate on that. It passed. Uh, and now the Democrats want it out. They are desperate for taxpayers to fund abortion for our military. It goes against everything that we stand for. It goes against the Hyde Amendment. It is basically illegal, and yet uh, this has been going on since October of last year. Only 12 women that we know of has taken advantage of this policy where for instance, in the state of Missouri at Fort Leonard Wood, if you, if you get pregnant or a dependent gets pregnant there, you're going to have to drive to Illinois or uh, Kansas to get an abortion. And the government would pay for that. It's facilitating the abortion. That is against what we stand for. The Democrats are insistent upon doing this. We're saying, hey, look, we believe in life-affirming care for the mother and the baby growing inside of her. But we are not going to have the government uh, in any way facilitate an abortion. It is not right. It's not going to happen. In addition, there were other amendments that got onto the, the bill uh, previously that uh, deal with the woke military policies. This bill now will have to be reconciled between the Senate version and the House version in conference. So what's the next step? When might we see this uh, pop up again in terms of uh, bringing about a resolution and what the NDA finally has in it. Well, Tony, I was honored yesterday to be, to be named by the leadership and our chairman, Mike Rogers, to be on this conference committee, a rare honor for a freshman to be able to do that. Uh, so we are moving forward with that. Those conferees were named. The Senate now has to name theirs. And we'll begin meeting on this as soon as we can schedule time uh, in a conference room to where we can hash things out. We know that the Senate, the liberal Senate, uh, ruled by Chuck Schumer, is not going to go along with our stripping of the woke ideology. You know, they want those um, uh, drag queens trying to recruit others into the military. They want the CRT language. They want the diversity, equity, inclusion to divide our nation rather than unite us about what we have in common in this great nation. 
So we know the fight we're going to be up against, but we're going to stand strong on the House side, and we will fight as hard as we can to make sure that we get those walk policies out of the U.S. military and return pride and patriotism to America. Well, Congressman Alford, that's actually very reassuring that you've been appointed to the conference committee, because I know these are issues you care about deeply. And uh, so you'll be at the table there. That's, uh, again, reassuring that we may actually see these policies stay in, because oftentimes what happens behind closed doors in these conference committees is that the good stuff is uh, thrown out. The bill comes back to the chamber and they vote on it. Nobody really knows what was in or what was taken out. Well, yes, and that may happen this time, but we're going to we're going to try our hardest. Uh, you know, God's put me here for a reason, Tony. We've talked about this in private and on the air. I'm here for uh, the purpose of, uh, I think, promoting Jesus Christ in our society uh, and also trying to get our country on the right track again uh, as a country that came about through the providence and protection of God Almighty. And we are here for a reason. And I'm going to do my best to exemplify him and also uh, to do the right thing. And the right thing is getting the woke out of the military. Absolutely. And, and we look forward to, to talking with you through that process. Uh, before we uh, run out of time here, there was a procedural vote uh, yesterday on the $826 billion defense spending bill. This is another measure separate from the NDAA. That failed. Tell us what's going on there. Well, uh, I think the, the rule was voted down on that. Uh, that is problematic. I think it's lumped in with the same people who do not want to see the uh, continuing resolution pass. And so I I think they are just seeding a path for failure for Kevin McCarthy, unfortunately. They don't want Kevin as the Speaker of the House. We rightfully voted him in. It took 15 votes. I think they've been um, determined ever since then that they, he's not going to be Speaker throughout uh, this term, much less maybe even before the year is over. And he is fighting tooth and nail in that conference room. What was so reassuring and I uh, just watching his countenance and watching people talk, which is one thing that I've observed even back in November before I was even sworn in, being able to be part of this conference and listen uh, to, uh, to what the congressmen and women have to say is the level of deference and respect that Kevin McCarthy has shown for everyone not just listening to what they're saying, but trying to understand their hearts. You don't find that in a lot of leaders, and Kevin mm. McCarthy certainly has that. Congressman Mark Alford, I want to thank you for joining us today. And uh, again, congratulations on being tapped for this uh, conference committee on the NDAA. It's going to be an important role, and we look forward to talking with you about it more. Thank you, Tony. God bless you. Congressman Mark Alford of Missouri. And, and I would just take you know, as he was sharing what's unfolding, even as we speak, I mean, this is going on right now. Can't uh, can't be more breaking news than this as the uh, House Republican conference meeting trying to hash out a way forward. And they're not there yet. Right. You just heard it. They're not there yet. Be praying. You know, we, we may not like everything that they're proposing to move forward with, but they need to come to a consensus. And we need to be praying that they do so in such a way that's responsible. As we've been talking about in the program, we cannot sustain $33 trillion in debt with additional $2 trillion in deficit just this year. And that's going to continue unless we reform our spending. All right, coming up next, we're going to be talking China. China apparently preparing for war with the United States. Could Taiwan be the spark? Could it be the trigger? We're going to talk with Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn next. Don't go away. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace 
their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be disciples their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroicfaith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroicfaith. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. The website is TonyPerkins.com. In a speech last week before the Air and Space Forces Association Warfighter Symposium, Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall said that China is preparing for, quote, a kind of war we have no modern experience with, end quote. Secretary Kendall went on to warn that the Air and Space Forces must change or we could fail to prevent and might even lose a war. How should we react to this stark warning from a top military official? Join me now to discuss this in Morris, Tennessee, Senator Marsha Blackburn. She serves on four Senate committees, including the Senate Commerce, Science and Transportation Committee and the Senate Judiciary Committee. Senator Blackburn, welcome back to the program. Great to see you. Good to be with you. Thank you. You've been one of the strongest voices in the Senate warning about China and what they're doing. Does this warning from the Secretary of the Air Force surprise you? Not at all. I was pleased to see him issue this warning because China is at war with us. Look at what they're doing economically. Last year, China had the best year in exports that they had. Nearly a trillion dollars was our trade imbalance last year, Tony. And this is why we have to look at reshoring and friendshoring so many different components of our supply chain. When you look at what is happening with technology and the way they are using TikTok as a surveillance tool, the way they floated a spy balloon all the way across the United States, when you look at what they are doing with great power competition and their military and increasing their Navy, how they're trying to use the Belt and Road Initiative that they have and the new Silk Road Initiative that they have and debt diplomacy that they have to go into countries and say, hey, we're going to help you with your port and we're going to help you get goods into this country. We'll let you work with manufacturers in our country. And oh, by the way, we will finance this port for you. And then, oh, by the way, if you let us build a naval base adjacent to this commercial port, 
then we will forgive part of your debt. Right. This is what China is doing, whether it is Rio or Djibouti or Sri Lanka. We are seeing this type activity across the globe. When you look at China putting a uh, military training base in Cuba, this should set off alarms right. for the American people. And, and then, and, of course, you have the soft propaganda side. Right. But I want, I want to go. I want to. I want to stop right there for just a second on on what yeah. China is doing there. You juxtapose that what to the what the United States is doing in our foreign policy. Instead of you know coming alongside and trying to help out these countries, we're going to give you money if you'll sign on to our climate right. change agenda. If you'll sign on to our abortion promoting policy, then we might help you out. But not until then. And so we're driving them into the arms of China. Because China is saying, look, we will incentivize your participation with us. And, of course, that's going to be a steep price to pay. And, Tony, when you look at these Belt and Road Initiative programs and the debt diplomacy programs, and you see what China is doing there and how they're pulling them along, how they've built the new axis of evil with China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, look at what you've seen with Kim Jong-un being going from North Korea to Russia, meeting with Putin, inviting Putin to come into North Korea to see what they're, the research work and development work they're doing on weaponry and see what they're doing on rockets. And Iran, you look at how Iran is now manufacturing drones in Russia. These are being used against the Ukrainians. And who's the banker on this project? China, the Chinese Communist Party. Well, we also this gave them. We, we also we should be very, we also very gave them. An, we also gave them an extra six billion dollars to uh, to buy a few more yes. drones uh, here recently. That when the Biden administration released those frozen assets in exchange for these five Americans being held hostage. Yes, and. The day after they got the $6 billion, and of course, we know that Iran is not going to use $6 billion in humanitarian aid or to feed the poor in Iran, where people are starving. The day after they got this money, they kicked the International Atomic Energy Association, the IAEA. They're the ones that monitor uranium enrichment, a nuclear proliferation. They kick them out of Iran. Now, why do you think they would do this? And money is fungible. Iran is going to use this. And we know Israel is their primary target. So it is time for us to double down on an America first foreign policy. And it is time for us to have a president of the United States who is going to deal with China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, and make certain they understand. We don't see them as a competitor right. and a friend, a frenemy. We see them as an adversary. That is what they are. We know their goal is to dominate us and to make the 21st century the China century. You know, we ought to just take them for their word. They're telling us this, yes. but we won't believe That's it. Right. Senator, That's right. always great to see you. Thanks so much for uh, taking time to join us today. You got it. Take care. All right. Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. Look, she's absolutely right. Th these folks, this is not about friendly competition where they're just wanting to make an extra buck. This is about domination. And we need to be wise about that. This, the previous administration, the Trump administration, you recall Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, he's the one that called China out. And he was tough on China. He was tough on many countries that were abusive of human rights, in particular religious freedom, but also a threat to the United States. Now, you know, I mean, it's still baffling. Six billion dollars that we freed up to... Iran, who kills their own people, wants to annihilate Israel, and hates us. Makes no sense. 
Hey, when we come back, we're going to get uh, kind of an update, actually, from the inside on what happened with today's hearing with Attorney General Mary Garland. Andy Bick joins us next. Don't go away. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. As I mentioned, uh, you know, it's election season, so we have uh, COVID popping back up, The uh, what I call the election variant. The Biden administration announced to, today that it is providing $600 million in funding to produce new at-home COVID tests, and it's restarting its website to scare people that COVID's coming. Watch it. I'm telling you, this is going to be ramped up. Well, speaking of viruses, um, well, I, no, I shouldn't say that. Attorney General Merrick Garland appeared before the House Judiciary Committee today, his first appearance before the committee since special counsel Jack Smith brought charges, uh, criminal charges against former President Donald Trump. The attorney general faced questions regarding a wide range of topics, including handling of the Hunter Biden investigation and whether his department has fostered a two-tiered justice, justice system. Now, he says no, but the American people, at least half of them, say he has. Joining me now to discuss this, as well as the latest in the budget negotiations, is Congressman Andy Biggs. He serves on the House Judiciary Committee and the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability. He represents the 5th Congressional District of Arizona. Congressman Biggs, welcome back to Washington Watch. Great to have you on. Thanks, Tony. Good to be with you. So give me give me your take today on the attorney general. What I, I watched a good part of it. He seemed awful evasive in refusing to answer some what I thought were pretty simple, straightforward questions. He was in incredibly evasive mood today. He didn't want to answer anything. And um, he basically. It was a, it was like trying to pull teeth. Right. I mean, so so we had uh, some great questions, questioning by different members. I thought Massey was pretty effective showing uh, his failure and his own hypocrisy. I thought Gates did a pretty good job. I thought Jordan and, and a number of people did a really good job getting at um, everything from the two-tiered system, the disparate treatment of people, uh, the Weiss issue, you know, uh, and, and ultimately my, my questioning is focused on how can you say that you don't know the answers to these questions because you, because Weiss is so independent, and yet, and yet you're providing answers, and uh, you 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 say that that this happened before your tenure, so you can't have it both ways. Because 
if if you if it happened under a previous tenure, then you really wouldn't know anything, and yet you're giving us answers, uh, and you wouldn't even know that it happened. So, I, I think we exposed him in many ways to be um, less than uh, can uh, forthright, uh, and his, in my opinion, his, his reputation for veracity took another big hit today. So, Andy, the um, I mean, one of the charges regarding the Hunter Biden was the 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 gun, the gun charges. He he was using drugs and had a gun, lied on on the forms. The questions were asked about why did it take so long to actually bring charges against him, since that this is pretty straightforward. But it appears that there were either obstacles in the way or they were dragging their feet. They wouldn't do this on a normal American. I mean, look look how quickly they have arrested pro-lifers and put them in jail for standing out front of an abortion clinic. You know, that's exactly right, Tony. And we were trying to get at that today. And that was that was the point of uh, ultimately of my questioning is he was saying, well, gee, uh, that was Mr. Weiss's decision. He was the prosecutor in charge. He had all the authority. He could do whatever he wanted. And I just took a hands-off approach. And yet when you asked him, I asked him a question about, uh, you know, a certain uh, event with with uh, uh, an attorney, a U.S. attorney going to the court and providing information. He was able to tell us exactly what the court wanted, exactly how that was responded to, and the same in multiple instances. And that's the point. Um, it looks so much like they dragged their feet to uh, basically get past statute of limitations, allow them to run in a number of cases, the 14 and 15 tax fraud cases. And then on this rather simple case, uh, they did nothing until when? When uh, we, we, we announced that we're going to impeach, open up an impeachment inquiry, then those charges come. This is, this is all indicia that this is politically motivated on the part of the attorney general. Just trying to run the clock out till the statute of limitations is over. Then he, he walks scot-free. You, uh, I believe, as you mentioned, you were asking questions about this two-tiered justice system. And a lot of this focused on the FACE Act, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, which was back in the Clinton era to protect abortion clinics. Uh, you were zeroing in on the fact that they're targeting pro-life individuals. What, what did he have to say to that? Well, um, you know, his his whole position that wasn't the main focus of mine, but 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 several of us actually kind of skirted it, and one and one or two got to the heart of it. His position is always hands off; that they're treating everybody the same, regardless of how much evidence there is undermining that argument. Uh, his 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 argument is always, "Oh yeah, we're we're just we're just beautiful. This is the land of Oz." Everybody gets treated beautifully and the same uh, until you start pointing out facts. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was somebody else or or I'm not in charge of that. I, I've, de- you know, I've delegated that to the local U.S. attorney. He refuses to really cover that stuff. It's going to be uh, interesting when the curtain gets pulled back, which I, I assume in these impeachment hearings, we're going to take a peek behind the curtain. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Tony, this is so next week we, we open up our impeachment inquiry. You're going to see um, some more information that, that comes out. It won't happen in that first hearing necessarily because that's the groundwork right. uh, hearing. But we we've we are subpoenaing everything from Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's uh, bank accounts. Why? Because that's where the money laundering was taking place. And there'll be that'll be good evidence to have. We look forward to talking to you about it when you get it. Congressman, always great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Tony. Stick with us. We're back with Senator Rick Scott after the break. Don't go away. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders 
for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to PrayVoteStand.org. Again, that's PrayVoteStand.org. Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories, and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged. Be in the know. And stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. FRC, celebrating 40 years with President Donald Trump. I want to thank a very good friend and one of the conservative movement's finest leader. He really is a leader in many ways. Tony Perkins, he's done a fantastic job. Thank you, Tony. Let's also express our gratitude to the entire team at the Family Research Council for their four decades of outstanding work in defense of the American family and culture and God. That was uh, former President Donald Trump this weekend at the uh, Pray Vote Stand Summit. Find out more about the summit, go to TonyPerkins.com and follow the links over. The Biden administration's extreme allegiance to abortion throughout all nine months of pregnancy has led to radical policy changes throughout the federal government under the Biden administration, including the Pentagon, with the abortion travel procedures that it enacted unilaterally, regardless of what Congress had previously put into law. This came following the Dobbs decision last year. And as we've talked about many, many times in this program, we've had Senator Tommy Tuberville on. He stood strong against the Pentagon's uh, policy in the face of attacks from the White House, Senate Democrats, and even some Republicans. And within the last hour, Senator Tuberville forced the hand of Chuck Schumer, who proved that the Senate could move forward if they just voted. And so they took uh, the initial vote on General Charles Brown as Biden's pick as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. And this is what uh, Senator Tuberville had to say on the Senate floor just moments ago. It's about time. I've called for individual votes on these nominees for almost six months. Instead of voting, Democrats have spent months complaining about having to vote. They want us to use floor time for things like liberal judges, like the one we confirmed a couple hours ago. Senator Schumer could have confirmed these nominees a long, long time ago. So what happens when you stand your ground? You prevail. Now, the battle's not over, but he has proven that all of this rhetoric, all these scare tactics, 
coming, uh, scare words, all this stuff, uh, saying the military is being held hostage, the nation's at risk by Senator Schumer, simply are not true. Joining me now to discuss this and much, much more is Florida Senator Rick Scott. He serves on four Senate committees, including the Senate Budget Committee, the Senate Homeland Security Committee. Senator Scott, welcome back to Washington Watch. Great to have you on the program. Thank God for Tommy Tuberville. I mean, well, he stood his ground, um, and he showed that Schumer was just playing politics with these uh, military nominations. But you know what's really disappointing on top of what the White House is doing, what Schumer is doing, is the Secretary of Defense, Austin, is doing the same thing. He's, uh, he's you know, attacking Senator Tuberville, and from his, in his position as Secretary of Defense, it's wrong. But these votes today prove what uh, Senator Tuberville and you and others have been saying all along. They can do this. They can move these uh, nominations forward. They can move the promotions forward. Just have to vote. They just they thought that they thought it was good politics for the Democrats. I mean, you know what what uh, Senator Tuberville is doing is standing up for the a law in this country. In right. America, we don't pay for with your tax dollars. We don't pay for abortion. And the Secretary of Defense and the Biden administration just changed the policy without coming to Congress. No vote, nothing. So soon Tupperville did the right thing. And uh, it showed today that that uh, this was all politics by the Democrats. They thought it was great politics for them. And they don't care that they're not they're violating the law. They don't care one iota that they're violating the law. Rules don't matter to them. And, and I'm going to get into the, uh, the, to the, to the discussion over government funding in a moment. But I, I want to go to something. I was actually talking about this yesterday on the program. And then uh, as soon as I finished the program yesterday, I saw a letter that you led with 46 uh, Republicans in the Senate about restoring decorum in the Senate. I, mean, I was actually just talking about that yesterday and how rules don't matter to Democrats and how selfish it is to want to change a historic body because somebody wants to wear gym clothes to the floor of the Senate. You know, we're supposed to be we're, we're supposed to represent um, the American public. We're supposed to be debating the biggest issues in America and in the world. And how how disgusting if we don't, you know, we're going to do that and, you know, without looking like we really care about it. Uh, so I think the American public thinks this is disgraceful, what Chuck Schumer did. He did it unilaterally, like the Democrats are doing everything else. No vote on the Senate floor. Um, I can't imagine uh, he could have gotten the votes to do this. And it's, it's, it's wrong. When people see us on TV or they see us, they come to the, the, the gallery and watch us, debate these issues. I think it's I think they're going to be so disappointed when they see people that don't have to dress appropriately and, and really respect the position we're in. We're in in exalted positions. We should respect the institutions of this country, including the U.S. Senate. Agree. I mean, look, I, I, I travel in, in jeans. It's comfortable. But you, you even in in in, uh, in our operation, when I'm in the conference room with my team or we are in a morning meeting, I'm not in my gym clothes. I'm I'm in a, I'm in a suit and tie because that's the decorum because we're about professional business and and I know a lot of people get hung up on that but this is a historic body and so I commend you for stepping out and 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 sometimes again I just go back to this radical individualism that they're going to make this kind of downgrade the entire institution of the Senate just because one individual wants to run around in his uh, you know his pajamas. Right. It doesn't make any sense, and it's really disappointing. I'm disappointed in in, uh, uh, in Chuck Schumer because you know all they really care about is is you know their agenda. They don't care about the American public. Uh, they just care. You saw with the votes on the on the military nominees. It's just everything's politics to them. So it's it. I mean, it's really disgusting. That's why you know I tell everybody if you don't like the way your government's running, you need to get be, get active. Go out there and vote. Uh, get involved politically. Let's talk now about government funding. We were earlier we had uh, we've had House members on. They were in a House conference, a Republican conference uh, within the last hour. There's still uh, not a clear path forward. Conservatives are saying, look, we, we, we have appropriations bills. We haven't done them. They actually haven't come out of the Senate either. They've come out of committee, but you haven't approved them on the Senate floor yet. 
That's the way we're supposed to do business. Haven't done it that way in years. And as a result, I think it is it has facilitated the reckless spending and the thirty three trillion dollars we now have in debt. Well, this is done to spend money. This is done to give a few people the power to spend money any way they want. So here's what's going to happen. If we don't come to an agreement, which I actually think we will, I think the um, the House uh, led by the Freedom Caucus is the one that's going to get something done here. But if we don't come to an agreement, we'll do a continuing resolution. They'll say, oh, why do we like do it right before Christmas? And then they'll say when it expires right before Christmas, well, you better can't let government shut down. So uh, the only bill we have is this gigantic spending bill with earmarks uh, and just wasteful spending. So, But it's your only option, or you have to go home and tell people that you don't care about them and you're going to shut down government. That's how we got to $33 trillion worth of debt. That's how we got to high inflation. That's how we got the highest interest rates in decades in this country. It's, re- it's wasteful government spending, and it's done by the leadership of both the House and the Senate. And, and it happens almost every year. I mean, that, that, what, that scenario well, that you just laid out, yeah. I've watched it play out over and over. And not only, not only does it uh, continue the funding and you get jammed at the very end, but bad policy is put in there as well. Absolutely. And you have no ability to do amendments. You have no ability to improve it. And it's happened with Republican leadership and Democrat leadership up here. Uh, Ron Johnson said, fool me once. It's bad on me, but he's been up here. He says it's happened to him 13 years in a row. It's happened to me four years in a row. I'm glad that I'm glad, you know, the freedom led by the Freedom Caucus in the House and other Republicans. They're saying we came up here to rein in government spending we are going to do that, and we're also going to secure the border. So I appreciate what uh, the Freedom Caucus is doing over in the House, and I support what they're doing over in the House because they are listening to the American public. How much support do you believe you can rally there in the Senate when it comes over from the House? Because it's something's going to come over at some point. And then, of course, you already have Schumer almost every single day on the Senate floor saying, you know, the, the Republicans have to negotiate. We have to have a, a bipartisan, meaning the Republicans, the conservatives have to wave a white flag and give us what we want. You know, I'm optimistic, but it's really up to the American public. One thing that we're working on um, right now, led by Ron Johnson, it's a it's a bill that says we will never shut down government. Uh, that way that takes away the power of the leadership to say, oh, boy, government's going to shut down. Uh, so it would be a continuous resolution, not it would stop this ability of the leadership in both the Republican and the House side of coming back right before Christmas and saying, man, we don't have, we just couldn't get anything done. But this gigantic bill, the last one was three times the size of the Bible. They wanted us to vote on it within a few hours. Nobody knew what was in it, uh, but they got their votes ultimately and they got it done within two days. And it was horrible for the American public causes higher inflation for you, causes higher interest rates for you. This is wrong, and it's got to stop. So what would be the provisions of uh, Senator Johnson's bill? How would that that work to keep government going in in the, the absence of a funding mechanism? So what we would do is we would keep the funding at where we are right now. Um, and also, it would really put limitations on all of us. We have to stay up here to get a result. I think that's I think that's what we should be doing. Um, it, it's, we should do our job. This should have been the budget should have been done this summer. I ran right. big businesses. You right. think we waited for the last few days to pass our budgets? No, we did it months ahead of time, and we had a plan. Up here, it's intentional by the leadership uh, because they want to do these spending bills by themselves with no input from any, any of the rest of us. Right, and you're jammed at the last minute, and you know you're going to have a government shutdown, or Christmas is coming, and so you've got to approve it. No time to amend it. No time to uh, to read through it. Sounds like a great uh, measure to take this. This would take, as you said, this would take away from leadership basically the leverage they right. have to keep inflating government spending and rewarding their friends and allies with, uh, you know, more government spending. And it gives you higher inflation, higher interest rates. That's what it gives you. And debt I don't know how we're ever going to pay off all this debt. Um, but, I mean, think about, I mean, and it looks like I think next 12 months, our interest expense for the federal government is going to be, is clearly bigger than our defense budget. I mean, you live within your means. Businesses have to live within their means. 
Your government should live within its means. I did it as governor of Florida. I balanced the budget every year. Florida had not balanced its budget in for 20 straight years before I became governor. But we did it because we said, you know, this is what we're going to uh, take in income. This is what we're going to spend. We're not going to spend more. Huh. I, I, this, well, let me ask you this, Senator. How many of your colleagues share your concern and understanding of where we are from a fiscal standpoint? Well, clearly six of us. We get together once a week. Um, Ron Johnson, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Mike Braun. Um, we get together to think, just to strategize on how do we get this fiscal house in order? Um, I put out an economic report uh, to all senators once a quarter. I have put out information on how the economy is doing, which it's not great. I mean, the the inflation is impacting our families. Um, it, the, it's, uh, you know, the, you, you see the UAW went on strike. Well, guess what? Their wages are going down as compared to the cost of living. What do you expect people to do when their wages go down as 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 when when wait when the cost of food and gas and housing and everything everything is going right. up? That's I wish the tax I wish I wish the taxpayers could go on strike and quit paying the government as they keep fueling these policies that oh. are eating into the family budget. Tony, you'd love this. So if we ever if we shut down government, you don't have to worry about federal workers because. If you're so-called non-essential, which I can't imagine why we would have any non-essential people in government, but they they still get paid. Yeah. Even if they don't have to work. Yeah. Uh, only in only in government. Yeah, you're absolutely right, uh, Senator. One final question for you. Different topic. Uh, I just mentioned this: the the Biden administration rolling out six hundred million dollars uh, for uh, COVID um, test, and they're relaunching their website. Are you concerned that there's going to be a resurgence of COVID, what I call the election variant, right around election time to try to use that once again? Absolutely. They will do everything in their power to win an election. So you know that you know that COVID's never gone away in D.C. because right. your federal workers aren't back to work, many of them. So they've used the excuse that they're still, you know, they're still worried about their health. Uh, when the rest of us have 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 been back to work, um, you know, since since 2020, actually. So um, absolutely, they're going to try everything they can. They're going to try masks. They're going to try to shots. They're going to try everything they can to have another emergency. Senator, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us today. I appreciate you fighting for the families up there on Capitol Hill. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for what you do. All right. Senator Rick Scott of uh, Florida. Glad he's in the Senate. Right, the Capitol switchboard, by the way, where you can weigh in on this issue of funding the government and reining in this reckless spending, 202-224-3121. 202-224-3121. You can, you can reach both your congressman and your two senators. Give them your zip code. Tell them where you live if you don't know who your member is. But look, our republic as I've said before, was not made for spectators. We must be participants if we're going to preserve it. Thanks for joining today. And until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul, which we find in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything that you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.